time for the Gore and More podcast. Gonna have a good time. Gonna have a good time. Yeah, we're gonna have a good time. We're going on now. A ball break, walking hand in hand in the moonlight. We'll be the sweets all day. I swear we'll never part. We're going on now. A ball break, running in the sand, feeling alright. And what's up, everybody, and welcome to the Gore and More Podcast. This is your host with the motherfucking most, TJ Bowser, and joining me, as always, your dark lord of knowledge, Chad Daddy. What's up, bitches? Fluff Master Supreme, Big Johnny D. What's up, Gorehounds? And here to protect and serve, Officer Bob. What's going on, everybody? Today is March 8th, 2021, and we got a doozy of an episode for you today, but you know what time yeah, it is. Good. It's time for your size Big Jenny D, what did you do today? Yeah, buddy. Well, let's see. Uh, as y'all can tell, I got my ears lowered. Feels very nice. And uh, likewise, likewise. Don't don't you love just coming out of there when it's done, dude? Just feeling fresh as fuck, dude. Like, oh yeah, just dude. like. <sighs> okay, so my wife went to school for cosmetology, so she knows how to cut hair. So she's the one that's been cutting my hair for years. We're All sitting right. there. She cuts my hair Friday night. We're sitting there on the couch, just watching TV. She looks it over at me. She's like, "You look weird." I'm like, "Thanks," because I haven't had a haircut since November. She got used oh. to my longer hair. You look weird. Thanks. Yeah, dude. I think I was definitely like solid summertime is last time I buzzed. So it it was going, it was going pretty decent. Uh, Other than that, man, just uh, we had a nice family weekend. Nice. And uh, we rented the new uh, Disney movie, Raya and the Last Dragon. Okay. How was that? It was awesome. Um, uh, KMT voices in that, right, Chad? KMT. Kelly Marie Tran. Oh, yes. Okay. Ooh, I wonder if she, I wonder which, is she Raya or I wonder if she's the other princess? It's a good question. Anyways, um, find out. Solid Disney movie, dude. Like, especially if you, it, I'm liking that Disney's going with this route, especially like I, if anybody's seen Moana and stuff, it's kind of going a little bit more action oriented. And obviously this one like full on brings it to because it's fucking full on Kung Fu fighting and shit. Nice. So I wish there was more fighting, Um, but it was still awesome. And it still has to be a Disney movie. So it still kind of is a little bit of a tearjerker at some moments. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. It was pretty good. And then watch this great fucking movie, which I haven't watched in so goddamn long, dude. Same. Um, other than that, man, just relaxing and uh, continuing on my Mortal Kombat trend until fucking April. <laughs> my wife came in the other day and I was watching, what the fuck, uh, Legacy. And she just walks in and she's like, what is this? Like two seconds in, she sees Scorpion pop up. She's like, oh, of course, <laughs> Mortal Kombat. And she walks out of the room. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? But on that man, just been chilling. Nice. Bobby, how have you been, brother? Oh, I've been good. I had myself a nice, uh, really quiet weekend, but a nice, uh, fun-filled weekend. Just hanging out with friends on Saturday night. And yesterday, I was uh, terrible once again. I went and bought more horror shit that I don't have room for. And um, I put in a request with a friend of mine who owns a shop in Jersey to find me a few 18-inch figures from McFarland. So... Yeah, I told him to try and find me um, the Leatherface ones in the box. So it'll be that'll be a nice, pretty penny when I have to go get them. Nice. Yeah, and then um, watch like you guys did this wonderful movie, which I find wonderful. It's not a corny '80s movie. It's campy with corny bits in it. I will say but, because it's intentional. That's there's the difference. Yeah, yeah, and we'll get to that when we get to the review. But uh, 
chill weekend all around. Um, I didn't watch any new horror movies this weekend. I mainly watched this. Uh, eventually, I'll watch that new Wrong Turn movie, which I heard um, mixed reviews about. So, mm-hmm. did anybody here watch that or no? I know no. Brody has. From what I've read, uh, I actually own it. Uh, it's not more of a wrong turn movie. It's like a, it should have been just called The Foundation. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's just okay. a group of people in the woods that live in the woods type thing. But it's a good movie, though. Still, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll be watching it eventually. So that's on the list. But that's basically it for my weekend. I didn't have to get a haircut, as you can tell. But I, <laughs> I, I did shave. So I, I have to rebuild again. So other than that, that's about it. Chad Daddy, what you got going? Well, I had a nice three-day weekend because we got our orders done ahead of time last week. So the bosses are like, why don't you guys go ahead and take the day off? And we're like, ah, fuck yeah, we are taking a three-day weekend. So I enjoyed, yeah, nice three days here. Uh, Let's see, last, okay, so last week we were watching the Pittsburgh Penguins game. It was the first game that they allowed fans back into the arena. Okay. So I look at my wife and I said, wow, this is really cool. I, you know, I really love seeing fans back in. She said, yeah, think how about how awesome it's going to look when we're there Saturday. I said, what? She's like, you heard me. So she bought us tickets. We were at the hockey game on Saturday. Nice. Yeah, that was great. That's that's the first game we've been to in about a year and a half. Uh, we had a great time. My friends Dawn and Dana joined us. And we had a real blast. It was Adults nice because night only or yeah, yeah, and nice. they only allow I think it's like two thousand two hundred eighty fans into a arena that normally holds seventeen or so thousand. Wow. Yeah, they're allowed fifteen percent capacity. Okay. But I actually I actually really enjoyed it because there weren't annoying fans to the left and right and front. It was it was nice. It was really I imagine really like cool. trying to get to like the bathrooms and concessions would have been also very Oh yeah, there was like, no line. Just chill. Yeah. No nice. lines. It was great. <clears throat> so we did that Saturday. What else did we do? Uh well, of course we watched this yesterday. Uh oh, and I like Bobby, I got a couple things. I got my Scream Factory DVDs, my Blu-rays. So I got Oh, you Ghost finally got them? Yeah. Nice. I got like I said, I should have checked the mail that day of last week's oh. episode because they were in the mail <laughs> they past Monday. So they were sitting there the whole fucking time. They were sitting there the whole time. <laughs> so yeah, awesome. I have Ghost Ship and Night of the Comet. And I also got my NECA Ultimate Stripe figure. He's sitting out my shelf out in the living room. Keep talking. I'll be right back. Sure thing. So yeah, then uh, I really didn't do much aside from that. Uh, we have one more episode to watch of The Mandalorian. I know I'm way behind, but that's because I've been watching it with the kids. Dude, I'm like... St- I'm still on season one, bro. So you ain't okay. So I don't feel as bad. Yeah, you're, you're, you're fine. <laughs> I did finish fucking Wanda season or WandaVision though. Wanda season. What just, did you think? I was fine with it. Yeah, I, yeah, I dude, really. I don't know. Like I really, I really liked it, and I really love the fact that everybody's fan theories on the on the finale were absolutely wrong. Oh, like, like one nobody got it right. Thousand percent, dude. It wasn't mm-hmm. even like nope, nope, nobody called that one at all. <laughs> Brand oh shit. Oh, and you guys would be surprised, but I went to we went to Target after the hockey game, and I found the NECA NECA Ultimate Part Six Jason, and I did not buy it. Self control. Why didn't you buy it? I have the old one back there. It's uh, whoever made it before NECA, and I like that one a little better. I think the face sculpt on it is better. The Mezco. The Mezco, yeah. You say Mezco? You have that out of the box? Mezco. Yeah. Mm. Dude, those go for massive money in the box. He's right over there. But I like that. I like the sculpt on his head on that. Whoa, Bobby. Malfunction, bro. Well, that's a Sorry. fucking burst. Yes. Yeah, keep talking. Keep there, going. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, I like I like the head sculpt on the Mezco one better. All right. So I'm just going to stick with that one. But I think that's uh, really about it. Uh, TJ, how about you, brother? 
Okay, so as you guys can tell, a little bit of upgrades in the uh, studio. I look a little bit better. You can see all my imperfections. Uh, yeah, we got a new camera. Got a Sony SV1 here. It's more than just a webcam. We'll be doing a lot of stuff here, Project Ladder, this year. So we're just prepping and doing a little investing and some new equipment. Got a new shotgun mic and everything for it. Got the uh, Zoom field recorder with the shotgun attachment. Can also be used for lav bikes and God, that's going to be pretty cool for interviews when it's time. Uh, got Mad Max in 4K from uh, Kino Lorber. Uh, love that. The restoration on that is fantastic. Gave that a watch. We're actually going to be doing that on Lights, Camera, Exploitation in a couple weeks. So nice. I'm like super hyped. Speaking of that, we actually just released episode three. Uh, we covered 1965's LaDonna Del Lago, uh, The Possessed. It's uh, up on iTunes, Spotify. Google Play, Audible, all the good stuff. And, of course, ProjectLouder.net, your source for pop culture. It's so much more. But, of course, you know, let's talk about this week's film, and that is... Bobby, uh, I'll unmute you when you're ready, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Give me me a try. There we go. It wouldn't be the shit show, right? It's true. It wouldn't be a shit show if somebody didn't fuck up. I guess fuck it's my no, night. It's all good, buddy. Everybody. Okay, so this week's film is 1982's Creep Show, directed by George A. Ramiro, written by Stephen King, produced by Richard P. Rubenstein. Rubenstein. Starring Joe King as Billy Hopkins, Iva Jean, Saris. Somebody help me. So, Saracini. Saracini. Saracini as Billy's mother. Saracini. Tom Atkins as Stan Hopkins. Yeah. John Lormer as Jonathan. What the fuck is Nathan Grantham? <laughs> Nathan Grantham. I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> Vivica Lamfors as Bedalia Grantham. Elizabeth Regan. 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 As Cass, I say Regan. Looks like Regan. Yeah. As Blade. Warder Shook as Richard Grantham. Ed Harris yeah. as Hank Blaine. Carrie Nye as Sil- Sylvia. Sylvia. Oh fuck. Grantham. There's oh, a lot of fucking people. people in this movie, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's dude, a lot there's of people. Lot it's a long cast yeah. list. Stephen King as Jordy Verrill, Leslie Nielsen as Richard Vickers, Galen Ross as Becky Vickers, Ted Danson as Harry Wetworth, Richard Gere as Man on TV, Hal Halbrook. No shit. As Henry mm-hmm. Northup, Adrian Barbeau as Wilma, call me Billy Northup, uh, <laughs> Fritz Weaver as Dexter Stanley, Don Kiefer, not Sutherland, as Mike the, S- <laughs> the janitor, E.G. Marshall. As Upson Pratt, music by John Harrison, cinematography by Michael Gornick, edited by Pasquale Bubba. Pasquale. Yeah, that's right. Paul Hirsch and George Romero, distributed by Warner Brothers, released November 10th, 1982, runtime of 121 minutes, budget of 8 million, gross 21 million. And let's demonetize this episode, Chapik. Let's roll that beautiful bean footage, baby. <laughs> I love it. Coming soon. Jolting tales of horror. Creep show. From the author of Carrie, The Shining, and Cujo. Of Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, you'll scream, <laughs> ghastly ghouls, cringe at weird kids, and shiver at the doings of evil doctors. 
is going to be extremely painful, Mr. Verrill. Creep show will grab you, grow on you, and give you the creeps. Oh, this is going to be an entirely new experience. Creep Show, the most fun you'll ever have being scared. And we are back. <laughs> Uh, all righty that was awesome I love, how, I love how everybody's just sitting there in silence <laughs> taking it in and I don't know about you, but, you know, like, who's just, gonna speak first well you know just all enjoying it um whose pick is this this would be mine buddy. john pick take it away handsome all righty thank you sir cult classic anthology from two of horror bigwigs Romero and Stephen King. The film contains five sections held together with 50 style comic images. The first deals with a demented old man returning from the grave to get the father's day cake of his murdering daughter, which, or I'm sorry, which his murdering daughter never gave him. The second about a not too bright farmer discovering a meteor that turns everything into plant life. The third about a vengeful husband. I got meteor shit on me. Hmm. <laughs> That's in my notes. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Fucking uh, finger licking good, dude. This might be a long episode. Um, might be. <laughs> oh, Jesus, there's so much. The third about a she vengeful said. husband burying his wife and her lover up to their necks on the beach. The fourth is about a creature who resides in a crate under the steps of a college. And then the final concluding story is about an ultra rich businessman who gets his comeuppance from cockroaches. Fucking A. Fucking A. All righty. Out of all those stories, real quick, that last one really taps into today very well, if you think about yes, it. Yes, it does. Um, I thought that at the same time. I thought I was thinking the same thing last night. Because oh, I know yeah. I know plenty of people who fucking hate bugs just as bad as he does. But literally, if you just watch out this whole aneurysms, that's everybody now. With COVID. Yeah, the whole, the whole fucking over-cleanliness and shit. Yeah, dude. Um... I wanted to pick this movie, man, just because I always enjoy anthology movies. I'm not sure how you gentlemen feel on them. I know some people, they're not necessarily their bag. But uh, depending on how it can be put together, like this one doesn't necessarily all roll together, but it's all part of one comic. So it does. You know what I mean? It's just it's not like we've done trick or treat. That was obviously a lot more of a complex, like intertwining story with different segments still where this one is just straight up like. I would feel more of a classic. Yeah. Like, well, it's supposed to be the comic and yeah, it, it is. It does a great job at that. Like I love, I love that they keep the animated scenes and everything like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just like the, the, the in between. Yeah. Just to help keep that motif. And oh my God, dude, there's just the coloring in this movie. Fucking oh, great. It's, yeah. It's yeah. The coloring in this movie is about, it made me think of demon night. Right, just the overuses like, yeah. of blues and reds when like, and like the neon colors go yeah. down and shit, dude. Like I fucking like, love it. Like TJ calls it jello lighting. Yeah, right. Just what's that? Especially name? in the um, I guess, second, third sequence. 
when the monster is underneath the stairs, there's a lot of red in there, a lot of red and blue. Yes, Jeggy. Yes, Jeggy. I am very impartial to Creepshow, too. Uh, Uh, Doppelganger Kangabanga is, too. Speaking of that motherfucker. Yeah, let's let's see. Yeah, let's hear what he has to say. We need our daily dose of this D word. A weekly dose. Well, hi Whatever. KB, back for another motherflipping episode of Gormor. And today, Monty censored himself. A little he horror did. anthology film called Creepshow. Creepshow to me is basically the quintessential or the godfather horror anthology film. Um, I know to this, prior to this, actually, we had Trilogy of Terror. Uh, it's not that good. This took it to the next level. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't take itself to it's a very, and that's what makes it a very fun film. You got the comedic elements, the comic book elements visually, which I also think is awesome, especially for that time. You know, you, you got Stephen King and George Romero, not only are the writers of the film, but directing, even acting in this. So, you know, you're in for a very, very fun time with this film. Uh, not to mention Tom Zavini doing the uh, makeup effects, all that stuff. Safe hands in the gore department when he's on board any horror film. Um, so, he had a nice yeah. cameo at the end, too. Um, they already got the voodoo doll. <laughs> really, really well. Um, uh, I, I enjoyed him. Uh, my favorite story actually would be the cockroach one because I see a little bit of myself in the old man in that film. So I'm a little bit of a dream fan. And if you know me as well as the boys know me, you'll know that body horror gets really under my skin. It grosses me out. I'll still watch it and I love it. But that's what really, really um, fucks me up, pretty much. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that um, segment. Um, yeah, the cinematography, it's great, you know. Um, as I said, you got George A. Romero directing, um, not, not to mention Stephen King. They obviously know what they're doing. Um, yeah, it's an, overall, it's a very, very fun film. It's a wild ride. Um, it's got everything you want in a horror film. Uh, what more can I say, really? It's it's a great fucking film. Uh, I will give it a Goromore score of a solid four out of five. Um, so, yeah, until until next week, this is your DKB signing out. I will just mention uh, to head over to Project Louder and listen to the new show, not only by myself, but from TJ Bowser and Nick Reese, Lights, Camera, Exploitation. We appreciate it if you give us a listen. We thank you to our listeners. We really appreciate you. Until next week, I shall catch you later. Cheers. Thank you, Brody. <laughs> oh! Yes. We need a minute. What the fuck, dude? I love it. Oh, oh. Yo, I oh, will say this. God. I was not expecting the song to go with what he did. I was oh. something different. I really was. I wasn't expecting any of it. So I wasn't oh, either, but God. the song, I was like, wait, what? That's the oh, outro song God. for Lights, Camera, Exploitation. Oh, he is so funny. That was great. You say that's the outro song? I love it. No. That was really good. Oh, Jesus. Dude, that. Oh, oh, oh. A little Easter egg in there. That oh, made my... God. All right. Okay. The things Wait, he comes we, up with. Holy shit. He messaged we, me this morning. He goes, Do I add the music? And I think, he goes, I think you should add the music, bro. 
So I, was, I sat him over the music and he's like, oh yeah, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Fucking yeah. Oh, thank God, you, Brody. Funny. God damn Jesus it. Jesus fucking Christ, Brody. <sighs> <laughs> I only hope that we actually <laughs> ever meet this motherfucker in real life, dude. Oh, that's way we got plans. I'll I know I'll be revealed soon. Listen, if he comes to this fucking continent, we're getting Listen, I'm not <laughs> first of all, I am not opposed to Gornmore going down under and us t- I mean, going to wait, Australia who's, as wait, well. Who's, who's, so. ever, who's, who's ever opposed to going down under? Right. Ooh. Ooh. Boom boom boom. Oh god damn it! Thank you for that, Brody. So much. That was great. <laughs> Loved it. I don't think I was trying to share the. Now. Here I'm trying to share the fucking podcast, dude, and I that just totally fucking threw a wrench in my gears. <laughs> I, I, I gotta say, I gotta say, we bring Brody over here. You gotta get him a life jacket. Yeah, boy's oh, gonna be drowning in a pussy. <laughs> his his beard's gonna need some formaldehyde when he's done. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, with that being said, let's talk about the film. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I just wanted to collect my thoughts. Oh, that was so funny. Oh. So, all right. Uh, this yeah. is definitely, I don't know. I can't even tell you how many times I've seen this, but first time I ever watched it when I was a kid, instantly fell in love with it. I haven't seen it enough times to where it's like, you know, I know it by heart, but... Mm-hmm. I would say in the good, like probably double digits, like early, like 10 or 11 times. Uh, and got to watch an HD clarity for the first time mm-hmm. uh, last night. I will say that. So that was very nice. But yeah, man, yeah, great that was, movie. That was pretty nice. I, I was I was kind of tempted to say, you know what? I'll save a couple bucks. Just go dig the DVD out. But I'm like, no, I really want to see this in HD. And I mean, I love all the segments. I would argue that I kind of almost wish they had a few of them like mixed around, but yeah, buddy, you gotta get them deep, the deep whiffs. Them deep whiffs, dude. Just yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, to, uh, I, I just want to address all our audio listeners when they do listen to this. You guys really need to check out the live stream when we do this because you're missing out on some fantastic jokes. Listen, man, so many the audio still works. I'm not going to say it doesn't, but right. no, but Chad the facial is expressions here. Oh. Well, you just need anyway. to Brody, dude. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. No, man, uh, going back to the movie, dude. I loved all the segments. Like I said, I kind of wish they were actually a little bit rearranged. Maybe that's kind of my own. I don't know. I thought some of the ones that I personally thought were better could have been the ones to end it. But, you know, right. Everybody's right. got their own opinion on that. Um, and I actually, I actually introduced that into our questions for this specific one is to I want to see what everybody's favorite segment is. Yeah, I was actually. Uh, either if you didn't bring that up, I was going to just bring that up in big questions because I figured like that was kind of the like the obvious one. Um, but I feel like the most shocking always to me is always seeing Tom Atkins minus mustache. Um, and not only that, after seeing that within like two minutes, him just literally bitch slapping a little kid. <laughs> not just a little kid. This, that is Stephen King's son, for God's sake. He just bitch right. slapped it. <laughs> The the prince, what, I guess. The prince what of the horror. Fuck's his, oh my god, what the hell's his name, dude? I can't even think. I don't even Anyways. 
He's a good writer too. Um, yeah, dude, I love the huge red mark that they put on his cheek, dude. Like just to make it. Oh, but yeah, why? Like he seems a little crazy about comics, though. I'm gonna say, like, I don't know what set him off on that per se. But I've never I, seen anybody that pissed off about it. Well, comic. all right, actually, I, I can I can relate. Can you? Because actually, well, not comics, but horror in general. Fair. There, there was a time when my mother hated that I loved the shit. Yeah. Hated it. She tried banning it. Were you raised a Catholic boy? Uh, I was. I, I, that's, I that's why I understand where you're coming from. I guess. So. Yeah, but it wasn't so much a church thing. I'd never I mean, been like, to Italy, but I had coffee with Bobby's mom once. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but um, no, enough. it wasn't so much like that. I think it was just because I was so young. It's like, you can't watch this crap. So for like six months, it was like that. Of course, did I still watch it? Yeah. Well, yeah, eventually, yeah. eventually, I, she just went like she just went like this. She's like, if he likes it, he likes it. And lo and behold, ten years later, for more than that, it's like, hey, what are we watching tonight? Right. I was like this, totally into work. I, oh, sorry. Not totally, uh, well, but she'll watch it with me. Yes. Okay. I, I, just going back to the whole thing, I would say that part of the reason I would think that he was like that with comics with his kid was because I would say his parents were probably the same way because he probably liked comics when he was a kid, and that would have been back in around you know 50s McCarthyism, McCarthyism, uh, back when they started introducing the comics code, and right. uh, when they were um, what was the name of that book? Uh, the, there, there was some kind of anti-comic book. Uh, thing that came out, uh, the, something about corrupting the youth. So they, they used to yes. the comics corrupted the youth, and I would say that that's probably what happened to him, and it just carried over onto his as as him being an adult. I mean, it could be that plus the horror aspect, seeing it is a horror comic. So, but yeah, man, I I, I want to hear your guys' thoughts. I mean, TJ, Bobby, go ahead, man. Like TJ's been kind of quiet in the background, so let's hear TJ then first. He's like, you fuckers are going to put me on the goddamn spot. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Okay, out of all the anthology films that there are in this world, this, like Brody said, grandfather, godfather, it, you know, it's probably the best representation of horror anthology films as a whole. Again, like I mentioned previously, I am impartial to Creep Show too. I like the stories better. So it's my 11-year-old prefers it as well. So uh, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. But anyway, the stories that are presented in this film are absolutely fantastic. Uh, as mentioned previously, the lighting is awesome. Love the red and blue aesthetic. Of course, fucking I am hardcore into Italian cinema, so that just chubs me up right away. I think yeah, the zombie design, the creature design is just absolutely exquisite. Got to say exquisite at least once an episode. Uh, Stephen King's character is over the top, but I think that that's the way the character was meant to be, and it's yeah, absolutely man. awesome, dude. It is just, it's the delivery, the execution, and then the follow-through is awesome. And I promised myself that I won't make a Kurt Cobain joke this episode, and I won't. Uh, <laughs> dude, I, that, I wasn't even going to even try to think <laughs> about there we go there. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> wow All that's right. it around it ouch <laughs> so uh yeah fluffy is awesome i mean and when we get to uh talking about him i'll mention some uh little easter egg bullshit and whatnot but uh yeah creep show one pretty fucking cool uh stay tuned mm -hmm. for the rating to hear more from me bro yeah i absolutely i agree and i absolutely love it especially the straight up humor the dark humor some of it's a little more subtle than uh others <laughs> 
it's it's just, it's, yes. it's like you're watching a live action comic book. It's it's a it's a really fun movie to watch. And my, if I had any complaint, it was that maybe some of the segments could have been a little bit longer, fleshed out a little bit more. Especially the last one. I want to see what made this guy such a germphobe and why he's yeah. the way he is. Like I could I could see that I could see a, a whole movie of just that final segment. It's not my favorite, but I feel well, like I, that's the one that needs to be. I felt like that was an X Files episode, dude. Honest like to God. He, I mean, like, go ahead, Bobby. No, go ahead. You, you finish. finish no, I was just, start. I mean, yes, there is an X-Files episode where they do the whole, like, cockroach thing and shit like that. But, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, just something about it seemed just kind of that aspect of it. Because, I mean, X-Files always has those, like, weird, quirky, but they're still trying to be serious moments and stuff like that. Um, I agree, though. It's not necessarily my favorite one. Um, but it is a good one. Yeah, and it could be its own movie more than you. The crate could be a good one too, but I could really, really see the last segment would make a really good movie. See, I think the last one is actually it's one of my favorite ones, strictly for the fact because I know people who hate bugs. Oh, everybody even, somebody hates bugs. Yeah. So, yeah. Some of them very severe. Yeah, my wife, um, she did not like that. Um though I will say I guess the only complaint I have about that, or maybe and I watched it, but for some reason now I can't remember. I always envisioned the cockroaches like really eating him up instead of just being inside of him. Well, they crawled inside of him and ate his insides, I'm sure. Yeah. But I kind of have a, I have a theory about that. And I you know what like it kind of talk- go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, you know what it kind of reminds me of that that segment kind of reminds me a little bit of Halloween three. Do you get what I'm going there? When the kid gets the bugs coming out of him because he's got the fucking mask on, mm. like so, it, it kind of reminds me of that aspect a little bit because it's almost it's because his apartment also looks like futuristic thing. Like who the fuck would have that in the eighties, nonetheless? Well, a dude that's literally just watching his stocks roll in all the fucking time. <laughs> that's literally what he does is just watches his stocks. See, this I have. See, like I said, I have a theory, and I feel like the cockroaches weren't really cockroaches. It was like almost like the devil was coming for him, and he just took that form. Hmm. Okay, yeah, I can really? see that. I just kind of got that feeling watching it last night because you just slowly see them coming and coming, and they just they just kind of seem to culminate after the guy's widow tells him, and it just gets worse and worse from there. And they finally swarm on him when she and she's talking to him through the machine. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I, it's I like it's 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 like an ironic punishment, something you'd see in like an old Twilight Zone episode or something. I could take that. I could actually that. Ooh, that would actually be a, a cool. Thing. Okay. See, I just took it as like he despised what he was, so internally he was a roach, even though he hated him. And yeah. like, obviously, he used you know he clean people were roaches and all that stuff but he was him you know what i mean he was the same thing in himself and he just hated it and couldn't i don't know That's yeah you cool. are buddy joe day is coming and coming um yeah. i mean honestly I, dude like i love all of them father's day was a great opener into it um we got questions where we'll talk about this yeah well you know what let's go uh then let's take a peek then yep yeah, yeah right Take a peeky peek. All righty. So during Fan Expo, during Fan Expo Canada 2015, George Aramo said, 
the cockroaches were the most expensive part of the movie, stating the cockroaches cost 50 cents a piece and they used more than 250,000 of them, a grand total of $125,000 on roaches alone. Damn. For something that can't fucking die, that's a lot of fucking money. Right. Think about how much people spend to try to get rid of them. These people are fucking buying them. <laughs> and, and, and just think today they'd spend that much, if not more, making them CGI. Yeah, and it would yeah. look like shit. Yeah. While he was all business in his scenes, Leslie Nielsen had a fart machine in his pocket during the shooting. He would let it go <laughs> off during rehearsals and just before director Romero would call action, causing Ted Danson and the crew to crack up with laughter. That's great. How can we you do not love Leslie Nielsen? Dude. We get to see a shirtless Leslie Nielsen, too. Dude, that yes, motherfucker can act. Can I just say, oh, yeah. like... Dude, he is a great, serious actor. He like, was a great, serious actor. Tell me... Yeah. Tell he, me he, he was an American not, treasure. Tell me he could not take your, get your mom to take her panties off in, like, free, like five seconds, dude. I, I'm not sure if I really want to have that. <laughs> I'm not saying your mom specifically. I'm just saying but, all but moms in that's, general. That's, all right, grandma. Continue. Fine, whatever, May- dude. I-, I would say, I would say maybe, but Tom Atkins could still do it in less time with a mustache ride. With a mustache ride. I mean, yeah, I don't. Tom Atkins doesn't for- have the range of Leslie Nielsen. Leslie, uh, Leslie Nielsen, Nielsen has yeah. an extremely long ass career of not only just comedy films, but also no. playing bad guys, which so, he is great at. Mm-hmm. Um, he's fantastic. He's actually scary in this film, and it's something that yeah. uh, uh, he really fucking is, dude. Like, because he really brought the intensity. Oh yes, he certainly. Like, and and he also, just... like, this is at a time like where where surveillance is scary. I mean, it's not so much now when everybody's fucking watching us, but like, right? That fucking scene of him like chilling, watching people on monitors—that was some sitting there drinking man, his right? little fucking Maya. You're talking, like, yeah. you're talking eighty-two, man. Yeah. And I, that whole oh, I Look love at the when clarity he, though, man. Look at the fucking clarity. Right? I yeah, but just think that his AV setup alone <laughs> had to cost, I would say, fifty grand. Oh, easily more, probably. Yeah, probably a hundred grand. Who knows? Um, I just I love the fact though when he's just giving him shit. He's like, go ahead and scream. Nobody's gonna fucking hear you. And he's screaming with you. <laughs> like, dude, that moment right there is just like fuck. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Perfect. And then uh, I mean, dude, I don't know. Shirley. No, you know that just, right there. You good luck. We're all counting on you. That that whole serious tone is of like how you kept that in the Naked Gun movies and shit like that, dude. Like that's what fucking made those movies, hands down, man. I would do podcast on those all alone if ever. Oh, Naked Gun movies were funny all. shit. The show oh. was just as funny, too. Oh, dude, absolutely. Police, I, I love Police Squad. I did not watch the show. I only oh, saw a few so episodes here and there, but it was... Oh, I've seen them all. So funny. You could see where they had brought all the stuff from the show, obviously, into the movies and stuff like that. It was weird, man. Just because I was a kid, and by the time they all came out, I actually started with the last one first and then went that way. So I started with, like, 33 to 3rd. And- <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that that's what they named that one, too. Dude, the that biggest, was the one with Anna Nicole where she had like two knees. Fucking- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I remember her having. Yeah, right. <laughs> I remember two Ds, but that's a different Ooh, story. Uh, what are you talking about, Frank? Uh, 
Now everybody's okay, distracted on titties. <laughs> Ted Danson said in a television interview that his daughter was on set during the scene where his character returns from the dead encased in rotting flesh and seaweed. He purposefully tried avoiding his young daughter out of fear of scaring her. Finally, despite his best efforts, she went up to him, looked at him, and simply said, oh, hi, Dad. Huh. Yeah. I like, call that, that, that uh, damn it. That would be Taryn. Yeah. Right. I call that uh where where's my notes on this? Uh Ooh. don't make inappropriate jokes. Oh, Cordell water zombies. <laughs> That's what those are. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. All right. Onward. Okay. Rice Krispies were used as maggots on the corpse's eyes in the first story Father's Day. In addition, real maggots were also utilized. Interesting. Warner Brothers tried a very unusual release strategy with the film. Instead of opening the film wide during the lucrative summer season, the studio gave it a four-week trial run at several Boston-area theaters in July 82. After it did great business, Warner Brothers ended the trial and prepared for a wider release in November. Their thinking was that a bizarre R-rated horror film's best position was as close as possible to Halloween and that a pre-October 31st release was a non-starter because it would have to compete with Halloween 3. But Warner Brothers forecast correctly that the Michael Myers-less third Halloween film would burn out quickly and leave the horror film open for this movie to do impressive business, which it did. Very nice. Smart move on their part, really. Yeah, yeah so right. basically they took a bet and they actually won, so. Hey, man. Good for them. Uh, yeah. The music playing on Ups and Pratt's jukebox at the beginning of They're Creeping Up on You. Anybody recognize that? Wait, say it again. The music oh, uh, playing on his jukebox. Did anybody oh, yes, that? yes, yes, yes. It's the same instrumental that plays over the ending of Evil Dead. Yep. Nice. Wonderful. Stephen King had an allergic reaction to the makeup he had to wear for Jordy Verrill's transformation. He was subjected to shots and medication so the work would be bearable. Wow. Ooh. Talk about fucking taking one for the team on that one. Right? Literally most, taking Most actors would whine and complain until they had uh, <laughs> until they fixed it so that he wouldn't have an allergic reaction. He just toughed it out. Right, this dude's like, I'll just fucking He's like, here, just give me all the shots in the world. Well, He's like, we better get this, right? They better get this on one fucking take, god damn it. Well, wasn't he at the time, wasn't that part of his drug days too? Yeah. He was oh, part yeah, of yeah, days. There you go. There you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back okay. pockets. The marble ashtray is actually featured in all five of the film segments. If you look closely, oh. Father's Day was obvious. It was used to, as the weapon to kill right, uh, the, the father. Uh, the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill. It's next to the cash box at the Department of Meteors. Something tied you over. <laughs> I love it. I did notice this. I did notice it in Something to Tide You Over. It's on the nightstand next to Leslie Nielsen's bed. The crate, oh. it was on the writing. The crate, it was on the writing desk when Harry writes the letter to Wilma. And five, they're creeping up on you. It's the soap dish that he's using when he's washing his hands. Oh, speaking of the devil, there it is. <laughs> and it's actually in the wraparound story. It's on Billy's desk when he starts stabbing the voodoo doll. No shit. That's awesome. What other film can we see the crate in? <laughs> Jason goes to hell. Bingo. Crate was great shot or a great little scene, dude. Was. That okay? See now, that's the one personally I thought it should have ended with. Like, I would almost I could, switch I the see, I would almost switch the bug one and that one around. I could see why I can. I don't know. If I'm not like, mistaken, in, in overseas, some of it is flipped like that. Is it? 
I think so. Hmm. Interesting. Like, I'm just thinking for like the biggest, like, I mean, like, dude, the bug effects and everything were great, but I feel like just for like the overall, like how many kills and all that other shit goes down. Like, I don't know. I feel like the crate would have been a great, like, way to end it out but well, well yeah because that that was the, the bloodbath of the movie so right so okay. what okay, did so you, steven go ahead no what, what did you say his name was earlier is that who you were talking about when you said you had notes tj who you said a name earlier but i figured maybe that was the name of the beast in the crate oh yeah fluff, fluff. Alluding to. fluff okay mm-hmm Stephen King was told to play Jordy like Wiley e. Coyote, the way he looks when he goes off a cliff. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that explains the huge bug eyes all the time. That explains a lot. Okay, an alternate, an alternate ending was written, but then rewritten for something to tide you over. Uh, two policemen, it, start, it ends with two policemen dropping by to investigate Richard's panicky but true claims of Harry and Becky invading his beach house. When the policeman laughs at the story, thinking he's drunk, Richard attempts to prove this by showing them camera footage of both of his undead stalkers. Instead, the television plays his incriminating conversation with Harry before and during the burial at sea. Uh, Richard protests that he's been set up and that it's the wrong tape. Uh, so the film smash cuts from there to Richard's murder trial. He's convicted and sentenced to death row. And then another smash cut finds him in the gas chamber laughing hysterically while his life is being choked out of him, saying, I can hold my breath for a long, long time. Okay, that would have actually... Ooh. That would have been a much I, better I, ending to that segment. I think I liked it up until the trial because I think it would have been cool if, like... So the footage, like you said, it leaked to the cops. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, the zombies still got him and killed him the way that they he killed them. I actually so, like, think I would have... they come back. Right, like they still see the, they find the evidence because it does whatever, like its little thing, like it, it's not supposed to. But then, like he still gets his come up. I mean, not that he wouldn't in that ending, but you know what I mean. Like he still gets the comeuppance from the fucking zombies. So I think I, I, you know, something. I'll take either ending. Actually, I'll watch. I'd love to see the alternate one, and then obviously I like the one they had. So I, I, either one. The alternate one would de- definitely feel like probably another, at least five to ten minutes longer. I feel something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, so, maybe not. But in a creep feature from the pages of Cinefantastique magazine around the time the movie's released, Stephen King and George Romero revealed that if the film's final story had proven too difficult and ambitious to film, it would have been substituted with the Stephen King short story, The Hitchhiker, which ended up being the final story of Creep Show 2. What the fuck? You're a little little stroked out there, buddy. Yeah, right, dude. A little bit. Threw me off there. Hitchhiker. Okay. Sorry, but, but yeah, uh, if that story didn't pan out, it would have been the Hitchhiker, which of course was actually the final story of Creep Show Two. Yes, mm. it was. I mean, dude, we got to cover Creep Show Two when it comes around. Obviously, that'll be next year, but <laughs> you never know. We may we may need a substitute. That's year, true. So. You know what? There there always could be that one that we just run into and we can't find. It's happened. So a few far, times, we've been so. good. So far, we've been good. No, it's happened. What? Twice. Once or twice. No, once. Uh, dark, it happened with. Oh, shit, yeah. And then there was... I was the only one who could watch that for some reason. No, I fucking watched it because I paid 60 bucks to fucking watch it. Oh, (laughs) that's right. I think that's the only one we couldn't find. The other one was um, Night of the Demons 2. We skipped that because TJ fell asleep, so we had to have the uh, fan vote episode. 
Yes. Oh, that's right. Ah, And that was Candyman. Yep. Which Mm -hmm. leads us into Candyman 2 this year. Sweet. And, and I've said I've 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 always thought Candyman Two was better. You see that shit just you see that shit just happened in New York too. Yes, oh a lady my God. literally just found a, a secret apartment behind her mirror in her apartment. Nice. I'm like, yo, you do not go in there. Just put that mirror back up <laughs> and go have a beer. Bring yeah, you gone. fucking. You know what? No, just turn around. Well, if I'm not mistaken, that part of the movie was actually filmed was based on an actual thing, an actual event that happened. Yeah, it was based on an event in Chicago. I'm sure sounds about right I, I i could be wrong but i think yeah well chicago is a fairly violent city so i wouldn't be surprised if it was there it, yeah right. it is right. okay continuing on the only george romero film to open at number one at the weekend box office really uh, mm-hmm. hmm, i was kind of surprised by that for some reason oh, wow. according yeah. to tom savini when fluffy breaks out of the crate once it's dumped in the water <laughs> the remains of billy were supposed to float out of the crate however it was deleted Oh man! Oh. That would have been way cooler, but I do like the ominous of like, where does everything go? <laughs> he just eats and eats. Well, not only that, I like how um, the professor gets really paranoid. Like, what if it gets out? What if it gets out? It's like it's not like they're gonna know you had anything to do with it. So if it gets out, guess what? I don't know anything. It's somebody else's problem at that point. Yeah, exactly. Like I would be I would that be- guy. Be like. I would be more worried about it tracking you down. I think they should have just put it back under the stairs. Like, all right, let's just put this up. We're going to put the grade up. Hopefully nobody will lose a quarter under there again. We'll be good. See you later. Right. Have a nice Plausible day. deniability. That's right. Uh, Stephen King's original script for the film in the final story they're creeping up on you originally took place in a lush carpeted penthouse apartment. However, because with roaches, this would have been unworkable. So George Romero opted for an emptier, almost hospital room like set for the story, which I think worked better. No, that worked so much better to have the staticness of it. I, I literally have it on now. Yeah, it can't be. I can't see it any other way. Mm-hmm. Well, you're really watching. You're watching that. Segment. I'm literally watching it right now. <laughs> so like if nice. you see me looking away i'm watching creep show as we're talking about it nice uh in father's day aunt bedelia's father came to life after she spilled whiskey on his grave in gaelic the word for whiskey is translated as water of life and is possibly a nod to james joyce and his book finnegan's wake in the book a builder's laborer falls from a ladder and breaks his skull but is revived when someone spills whiskey on his corpse at the wake damn it's awesome want, i suddenly want a glass of whiskey Right? Like, I mean, I already liked whiskey as it was, but dude. Yeah, no, so better. now it's just, yeah. Ooh, it's so magical. Basically, 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 whiskey gives you immortality. Oh, well, then I'm going to live forever. Is it immortality? <laughs> is it necromancy? Ooh. Uh, both. Right. Stephen King carried a toy figure of Greedo on the Creep Show set for good luck. Oh, sort of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> Uh, Fluffy, the creature from the crate, was the first fully animatronic creature Tom Savini created. He spent over an hour and a half on the phone with Rob Boutine uh, getting advice on how to build this. Oh, he did a good job. The episode Something to Tide You Over is almost identical to Stephen King's short story, The Ledge, in which a wealthy man forces his wife's lover to risk his life for amusement. The Ledge made its way onto film as the second segment of Cat's Eye. Oh. See, I never sat through Cat's Eye yet. I don't even know what it I is. I enjoyed it. 
You never seen that's Stephen a, King's Cat's Eye? That's an nope. anthology film, right? Wow. Mm-hmm. Is it? Has three segments. That, I think it's three. They're all connected by the same cat that goes from story to story. Late 80s, I'm assuming? Early 80s? Uh, 1993? Yeah. It was oh, really? No. no, that's in the 80s because it had a really young Drew Barrymore. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're like, right. You're it was right. like right after she did the uh, Firestarter, I think. 85. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Your big Johnny D came into the world. That's a Dina De Laurentiis film. Oh, shit. Huh. Okay. Check that out now. This is one of four films that Adrian Barbeau and Tom Tom Atkins co starred in together. The other three were Escape from New York, The Fog, and Two Evil Eyes. In all four films, they never appear together on screen. Hmm. That's awesome. That should have been something that like they continued on throughout like their like just to try to do that. <laughs> I mean, they're both still kicking. They could both still do it. Right. She she looks good for her age. She really does. I'll have to take your word for that, sir. So do you, Bobby? Think, do you guys think I Escape do. from New York would be a Gore and Moore type movie? It's more, isn't it? I mean, I love it. I love it too. Okay, now I'm here's not. my thing. If you consider that, I don't know. Because you guys told me no a year ago when I wanted to bring up Ninja Assassin because of how fucking gory and bloody that but, movie is. But then again, we did They Live, which is more sci-fi. But That's I thought that true. was like sci-fi horror. Like that was still on the cusp. Like, yeah. you know, some I would think Escape from New York be? I don't know. I don't. I see. I consider that action more to me. Okay. How about Big Trouble in Little China? I definitely love it. love it, but that's action comedy. comedy. Yeah, <laughs> comedy it's got action. more elements to it. It does. Well, all that's great tough, 80s movies do. All great 80s movies. Uh, you know do. what? You know what? We need a separate show for movies like this. Yes. Yeah. We'll. we'll uh, that'll be discussion for later. <laughs> okay, that's a later on. Yeah. So what else match, we got, buddy? The wrestling match scene on the title characters TV segment. TV in the segment The Lows from Death of Jordy Verrill is Bob Backlund versus the Samoan. And so, <laughs> April 21st, 1980, the audio during the wrestling match, during which, uh, during the episode, is Vince McMahon with his dad's WWE promotion. Well, it said WWE. Yeah. Oh, so that was definitely around the time that they were taking over nationwide for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That so was wait, uh, now correct me if I'm wrong. That, um, is that The Rock's dad? No. Was that? No. No. I thought he was Joe the Simone something like. No, the Rock's no. dad was uh, Rocky Mo- Senior. Uh, it's just, I like I said, I I. I yeah, his Africa. dad, his dad's Rocky Johnson. His grandfather. It's just Rocky was, Johnson. Is mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And his his grandfather, uh, High Chief Maivea, or something like that. I guess that just means I need to watch that new show, Little Rock. Is it Sam Fatu? <laughs> no, it's Afa Anoai. Oh, uh, okay. And speaking of creep show, second one is now on. <laughs> Tune in to our other two wrestling podcasts, Wrestling Ruin and Jerk the Curtain, for more information about that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In keeping with Romero's tradition of filming in and around the Pittsburgh area, most of the film was shot in an empty all girls school located outside Greensburg, Pennsylvania. The school was converted into a film studio, and the episodes, The Lonesome Death of Jordy Varrell, and They're Creeping Up on You as well as the prologue and epilogue were filmed in the entirety at the former school. Filming took place at the Greensburg awesome. location throughout 1981. 
Several additional locations were also used for the filming. Yes. Uh, the crate, most of the interior and exterior shots for the university was filmed at the Carnegie Mellon University. Yes. Same place as Monkey yes. Shines. Mm -hmm. with, oh, Margaret, ah. with Margaret Morrison Hall serving as the Amberson Hall, the backyard party was filmed in Romero's own, back, own backyard at his former residence in Amberson Avenue in Shadyside, Pennsylvania. No shit. Father's Day, yes, Father's Day was filmed on location at a mansion in the Pittsburgh suburb of Fox Chapel, Pennsylvania. Bingo. And, and Something to Tide You Over was filmed on location at Island Beach State Park in Berkeley Township, New Jersey. Hey. Hey. hey! Nice. And that is all my behind-the-scenes stuff. Okay, let me look through my notes real quick. Okay, so did you notice that one? You know, like that uh, that uh, the the buried segment. The uh, it's Father's called? Day. Or are we no. talking the other? No, no, no. no, no. Talking uh, the, the, I'm going to tide you over. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the guy's got a sweet ass VHS collection. Uh, Fuck yeah, he does, dude. He's got quite a bit. Have you ever seen the cover art for Dead and Buried by Blue Underground from Blue mm -hmm. Underground? That oh. artwork is like so like this movie. Like that's yeah, it is. Yeah. I never really noticed that, but yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh I love is it is it every story that uses the red and blue, or is it only the I only have it I, mentioned in like three? Dude, no, I thought it was every story. Was it? Okay. May, it might, maybe it wasn't in the last one though. It, it's I don't think no, it was. The last one didn't have it, but obviously, that was very um, stark white. The crate definitely did. Whatever the they opened did. it, the the tide one did because when um, what's his name died underwater, like you get the red all behind his head and stuff yeah. like that, and then uh, Father's Day had it. Yes, Preach. yes, it certainly. Yes, and, it did. When he came back to life, and when he came in the house. And yeah. I feel like Georgie had it in, in parts when, like, every time you, like, started noticing shit was getting worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was more green. I, I don't I, say it was red. I think well, it was like, more green. I, well, I was thinking more like the blue, like the blue flashing in that one. Like, and then they started mixing it. And I felt like as. Yeah, we're talking about on, George but... Romero here. This is some quality shit. Uh, yeah, speaking of George Romero, uh, the shot composition during the Cleaver scene, during the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about how beautiful. That shit is. It's awesome. And another nice. example of beautiful shot composition would be whenever he's walking through the cemetery in the first one, uh, the Father's Day one. That is just so beautiful. It almost matches comic oh, yeah. panels. And actually, some shots almost feel like they're lifted right away, right from an old horror comic. No, you're talking about when fantastic. Ed Helms is walking through? Yes. Okay. I noticed that especially when it showed Aunt Bedelia pulling up in her car. It showed yes. her driving. Yes. It was literally framed like a comic book panel. Fuck yes. Yeah, it was. Dude. I found that so cool. Like that was. Oh. I know. I wish they had a little bit more like scene transitions like that. Like not that they didn't yeah. have other stuff, but. And I uh, I call the last segment Dale Gribble's worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's and. Oh yeah, dude. That's like Dale Gribble's last stand when he's so convinced mm -hmm. the government's out to get him, he just shuts himself into a completely sterile environment. The uh, the character, the main character for the last bit, he's like an elderly three stooge. He's an elderly. Look <laughs> at the yeah. I see, I see what you mean. Yeah, the hair. <laughs> Years of comedy have made him disgruntled and hates society. Now he retreats, <laughs> and now he's got billions of dollars rolling in those cockroaches. Yeah, fucking a. So let's get on with les questions. What format, you guys? 
watch this. Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. What? Johnny oh. D, do you have questions? Uh, I guess my only question, because obviously we're going to discuss which segment is our favorite, um, would be, what do you guys think Leslie Nielsen did to have all that fucking cash, dude? Like, he had some cake. He owned all that fucking beachfront. Okay, so crazy high security tech dude in 82. Okay, so Ted Danson's character was an actor. Because he, he said that he, yeah, because he said okay. that he, he said something like, I, I might be on television, but you can't come just come knocking on my door or something like that. Okay. Like, right. So if he didn't have as lush set up as Leslie Nielsen, well, that fucker had to be like a real estate mogul or something. Right? Like, that or he works for the mafia. Who knows? Hmm? Listen, I don't know if Leslie Nielsen has done a mafia boss movie, but I wish he did, man, because he would have been, dude. This role of his was phenomenal, man. Like, I would, I would have to say no because if he was a mafia boss, he wouldn't yeah. be doing the dirty work himself. No, I, no, I he wouldn't. But I'm just saying, like, there. just to, just like him, his character. You know what I mean? Like, I still feel like he'd be able to portray a very like scary, obviously. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, just somebody you don't need to fuck with nor want to very scary or very funny either way i think it would work out just fine with him absolutely uh honestly man that this was kind of a hard one to have a big question on because we have five different segments actually six i guess if you want to well no well could you consider six with the one with tom atkins like i don't know if they necessarily i think you could the ra- I, like, I would say the wraparound would be uh, considered a segment too yeah because yeah. i mean it it it, it has a conclusion you know what i mean like it does yeah and it talks about it in the comic right so it all right so yeah other than that man unless you guys got any questions i'm ready to hit the i'm ready let's to hit the, the let's hit the regular ones we got okay yeah, guys so what format did you watch it on on demand prime prime as well nice hd same dish the movie Ooh. oh that's an easy one that is uh mr pratt yes the guy in the last segment. Oh, you can't yeah. get two shoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't even. Nope. You could almost say the mom from the first segment, but she's just kind of drunk and snooty. We're like, or yeah, you could say Brad's- Tom Atkins because of the way he just has a hatred for these fucking comic books, man. I mean, even Leslie Nielsen, dude. You know what I mean? It's not like he's a good guy, but but everybody else, their right. actions like, can be explained. This guy, he was just motivated by money. Is this right. the only George Romero film that acknowledges that zombies want brains? I think you're right. I think. Fuck it up, huh? Do you want brains, or do you? He just wanted. No, cake. he just wanted his cake. Cake. And the other Is zombies it? just wanted revenge. Yeah. I cry. Like. About- doesn't he? Doesn't he have a head though? I mean, he does have he her needed, head, yeah, he just, but it's yeah, covered in frosting and stuff. Okay. And frosting and candles. So, but I could see where. Yes, he's obviously going to eat the brains more than likely. I would go with. Unless he's just subsided by just having the cake. I, I think that was both shock value. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, that's what I... <laughs> like, yeah, I have the cake. I'm going to go back to sleep now. <laughs> Speaking of that, favorite segment? I have two. Go ahead, Bobby. The crate and the last one. Uh, Chief Woodenhead. Wrong movie. Wrong oh. movie. Uh, the, raft. the Raft. Wrong one. one. <laughs> oh. The next one. <laughs> uh... uh Hitchhiker. The, <laughs> the wrong crate. movie. The crate. <laughs> uh, dude, mine's got to be the tide. Okay. 
with oh. follow up of the crate. Like crates right there. Yeah, Fluffy's too cool. Everybody's saying, everybody's saying the crate, but I, I, my favorite's the Lonesome Death of Jordy Verrill. Fucking, it is a good one, dude. I it love is a sad Stephen one. King in that one. Yeah, yeah that, that, that one has the most sad ending. But Stephen King is like his own characters in all of his books, dude. They're just like overly hokey, just ridiculous. They're they're not even characters; they're characters, dude. Like, yeah, he's a caricature. Yeah, I like, thought he did a great job playing the comedic. Uh, I'm really up playing the, com- the comedic. That was right. always the first one I saw when I was a kid, too, man. That hooked me into the movie was that segment, dude. And yeah, it, it's a great. Listen, I love the movie all around. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's when you say what's your favorite one, it's almost like a hmm, that's a tough. I know. But yeah. I got to go with Leslie Nielsen, dude, just because he scared the fuck out of me in that one. <laughs> he was he was terrifying with that. He really was. But favorite just, kill, motherfuckers. Uh, I'm going to say neck bite scene is rad as fuck. So I'm going to go with that. Is that the one where he bites the neck, takes the chunk out, and then scratches the face? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I was gonna say you could almost say I was almost gonna hey, say the so janitor. Many. I was almost gonna say the janitor because just I liked how he got like sucked up in, but dude, the fact that you got the full gashing in like just, I do want to mention because yeah, that was a great practical effect right there. Yeah. Speaking of practical effects, I do want to mention that the uh the gunshot headed pop is such a Savini thing. That oh, effect. Yeah. yeah. An action. Actually, I would uh, probably say actually that janitor one is probably my favorite of that. But I also liked the death of the guy in the final segment because I just rewatched it and his chest bursts. Just the explosion of roaches. But uh, I would say for that, the crate with the janitor. If you guys like uh, body horror, body melt is on uh, Amazon Prime. That movie's fucking sick. I got my shipping notification today for my vinegar syndrome order my massive 13 movie one. Oh, nice yeah so it's coming it's coming <laughs> uh, so i'm excited week, hopefully nice yeah body melts in that fucking thing so we'll have yeah dude body me- oh i i introduced brody to that film and it's crazy because he's never seen it but like uh that kangaroo scene when he throws that fucking rock uh, that fucking fake kangaroo drops it's like a mile out it's fucking funny as shit <laughs> That's that's uh, a discussion. TJ, we need to discuss that movie. <laughs> you and I need to discuss that movie because that's a fucking. fucking say, I've seen movie. the I've seen the cover of it, but that's about it. I'm yeah, saying. Put it, all right, put it, all right, put it to you this way. I mean, I'm a healthy person, but this movie is one of those movies that makes you go, I don't want to take vitamins. The whole thing is, it's actually probably best for lights, camera exploitation. Uh, the movie is making Fair. is playing off of the current trend in the '90s in Australia that was going on with like super fitness and stuff. Yeah. So it's pretty much like a tainted fitness batch that makes your body melt from the inside out. Yeah. It's, hmm. it's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, and then there's like a tandem uh, subplot of like this redneck hillbilly mutant family that then clashes with this weird pharmaceutical company plot. And then it's body melt. It's fucking rad. It's fun. It's fun. Hmm. Yeah, it's everything you want from an Aussie horror film, I promise you. But anyway, back to Creep Show. <laughs> uh, best scene. Oh, dude, when the uh, professor shoots his wife when he's dreaming, but when he shoots the wife in the head, yeah, and right then everybody the turns around and fucking applauds him, dude. <laughs> like best fucking scene because I was applauding too. <laughs> she plays a perfect annoying character. Holy fuck! What do you guys got? Yep. I agree with that. 
Oh. Fluffmaster Supreme. All right. Bibby? Bobby's thinking. We oh. lost Bobby. Oh, oh. He logged out. He yeah. was thinking way too hard. Way too hard. <laughs> Well, since we're waiting on Bobby, cool. I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say Mr. Pratt's comeuppance at the end of the final segment. <laughs> the big cockroach explosion. Big, that was yeah, pretty fucking cool. gnarly, dude. And it was that a very was well gnarly. done, well done effect too. Yeah, it's good it's stuff. It's a banger and full of mongoloids. <laughs> really? Yeah. Right. I feel like we should, I should check this movie out. Yeah, it's good. You should watch it with the kids. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah oh no, man don't do that i'm pretty sure no. there's like a stab in the dick scene Ooh. wow we it's haven't like, seen somebody get stabbed in a dick since uh just before dawn yeah and it's with a giant pole so it's like a yeah he gets literally shafted that's what they should have did at the end of commando instead of through the chest mm. fucking a Lay off some steam. <laughs> Bobby's gonna yeah. be mad. We're talking about Arnold and he's not here. Yeah. He's fucking pissed. <laughs> all I can say, all I can say is poor Freddie Mercury. You know, he's probably <laughs> lagging and, and getting kicked off because he's watching Creep Show while trying to do this. Is that through his internet? Is that through <laughs> cable? I wasn't I don't know. It has it's to probably, be internet. Yeah, probably, probably now. Yeah. Everything probably is. Oh well. Anyways. Yeah. The so show must see, go got, on. Yeah, yeah let's so go we on. did favorite scenes, so we are at opening, a... opening. Yeah, that fucking. Oh, absolutely, dude. Oh yeah, wraparound Tom story Mackin's, is really cool. Paul Matkins yeah. slapping Stephen King's son. Yeah, yeah. And great animated credit scene, which I always actually enjoy. And I was gotta love it. Like I love the over the comic overlays and stuff. It's so yeah. so so cool. So so cool. Keeps. Uh, Gives you the vibe right off the bat, dude. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's not yeah. going to be, it's not meant to take overly serious. Just enjoy the ride. You know, I, I got to say, I love the scene transitions between each segment where it would like flip the pages of the comic book and you yeah, have an advertisement and a letters page. The ads were always cool. And then you kind of got him at the end when Savini and uh, his, who was his buddy? He looks so goddamn familiar. That's a the Corey Kaufman question. Is it? Dude, he almost, I swear to God, he almost looked like... It wasn't Tom Tolls, was it? <laughs> no you remember that now? <laughs> Are you Tom Tolls? What? Oh, my God. Do you remember that story, John? I can't say was, I do. It was when we went to Steel City Con. It was the and, same uh, day that I trolled Cuntingham. Okay. No, it was, it was the next day. It was the next day. Oh, it was the next the day? day. That's yeah. right. So, so me, me, Kaufman, and uh, TJ went to the Friday the Thirteenth panel. All right. And they're sitting there talking, and uh, I guess apparently the day before, uh, Kane Hodder told Kaufman that he reminded him of someone, but he couldn't remember who it was. So in the middle of the panel, <laughs> in the middle of the panel, he looks over, sees Kaufman sitting there, and he's like. Tom Tolls! That's who you remind me of. <laughs> that was so Tom funny. It's, awesome. it's such a us story, too, because it's so fucking silly. Oh, God, that it whole fucking just, trip. That whole trip was silly. That was great. It's, that was a yeah. great time. <laughs> yeah, it was literally right in the middle of the panel. He, looked he was not paying attention that. to what was going on. He was staring at Kaufman. <laughs> trying to figure it out that's it just it's so fucking good i think when you guys went to that that was just around the time i joined up with you guys yeah 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 that and tom savini crashing the friday the 13th before. yeah yeah i guess <laughs> i'm the only professional here i'll just sit oh, here God, until nobody so else funny. shows up 
That's awesome. Uh, good shit. Good shit, guys. Oh, yeah. But Alrighty. best hits, hottest girl, best dick. I will go with Wilma is fantastic. And Leslie Nielsen. It's Adrian Barbeau. Yep. Yep. And Ad- oh, yeah. Leslie Nielsen shirtless. I could uh, look at that for days. Mm, I got to disagree. Got to give it to my boy Atkins again. Okay. Mustache no, one, dude. Sexy. Because wait, no. honestly, I, I was gonna go. No. With, I was gonna go with I'm TJ's going picks. Dancing. I'm going with Ted Danson. But right, you Ooh. got you got Ted Danson, dude. Which Ted Danson is? He's just a handsome motherfucker, dude. Especially yeah, this dude, was like, young Studley Ted Danson. So oh yeah, dude. That. I got to change it to that. Sorry. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Ted Danson, and then uh, Adrian Barbeau, and then Leslie Nielsen for runner-up. Uh, guys, yeah. for yeah, your yeah. audio listeners, Bobby lagged out in his internet lagged out as well so i don't think he will be back for this episode so oh. uh, yeah we'll just uh we'll just that's keep right. chugging along we miss you bobby yeah it's, that's that's <laughs> the perils of live television well, that happens <laughs> well that fucking okay, happens we, we are gonna need uh, i let's i'm gonna message him because we're gonna need his score absolutely okay. you handsome yes. son of a gun did the score speaking of scores did that score set the mood yes it i did. would say yeah, yeah. yes um Best song would be the uh, homage to the Evil Dead. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, I mean, cool. how could you not? Right. Oh no, there was that really kicking disco song at the in the first segment too. Oh, when the, they were, uh, yeah, Ed Harris and what's her name was dancing. Dude, she was dancing for a long fucking time after everybody was she still was. dying, man. Like, my wife was like, "Why is she dancing so long?" I'm like, "Yo, dude, it's 82. She's probably coked out of her fucking mind." Ooh. Like, you know, I, got, I gotta say, if it wasn't for the fact that of Adrian Barbeau's well-known uh, endowment, I would give it to that girl for. Yeah, she was girl. pretty. She was not bad. She was a little caked up with the makeup, but you know. Well, there wasn't a whole lot to pick from in this movie, so you got to go with what you get. No, that's true. Yeah, unless you want uh fucking what's his name's wife there, Ugh. Billy. You can just call me Billy. Wait, you know what? Uh, Galen Ross was in this. We've seen her in two of our other movies already. Which one was Galen Ross? You have to remind me. She was the she was the Leslie Nielsen's Madman star in the video. Yeah, she was in oh. Madman and she was in Dawn of the Dead. Mm. For some reason, she's uh, not as pretty in Madman as she is in Dawn of the Dead. It's strange. Just my opinion. I just think she you looks know what? differently. You know what? I just have to go back and rewatch that just to judge that. <laughs> And I and I really think Steph would really like that movie too. So yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, come on, it's got a freaking truck. Maybe her performance is just better in Dawn of the Dead. Maybe Romero's brings out a better performance on her than yeah. Maybe that's going to be what it is. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, motherfuckers. No. Uh, favorite character. Favorite character. Yeah, favorite character. Oh man, hmm. dude, there's so many to choose from. And like That's you don't get one. a lot of time with each character. Like, I mean, you get just enough to feel. Ah, uh, tough. One. I th- I think I'm gonna have to go with Jorgie, dude. He was just a lovable guy who got in a shit situation. I don't know. I kind of want to go with Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, he same. Was, I I mean, dude, I loved him just for like how. Via, like you know, I'll just have crazy. He's he a was, good dude, bad guy. He, was, he really he is, was, dude. He was diabolical. Yeah. Like 
as much as it makes me want to watch the Naked Gun movie, Steve, I want to watch it with more like serious roles. Although at the same time, the last movie before this that I watched him in was Stanny, uh, fucking Stan Helsing. So, and you know, that's where he's dressed as a fucking lady. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen that. that. That's on the list this year, too. You've never seen Stan Helsing? I've never seen it. I don't know. I'm not eating. No. You know what? I think you'll enjoy it. Fuck yeah. it. Don't get there when get no, no I'm not going to do it. I thought you said, I, I thought we discussed this already. I thought everybody's seen it. So Mm-mm. knowing that, yes, I will never, I won't say anymore. Was um, it scary? Yes. Yeah. Leslie Nielsen scared the shit out of me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't like bugs either, so that was kind of a little heebie-jeebie. Yeah, a little bit of heebie-jeebie. A little hoo-ha-hoo. Does it hold up today? Well, yeah. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, I think so. Lasting legacy of one of the better anthology films. Especially the last segment really hits home today with the pandemic and uh, everybody being OCD and clean Mm. and neat freaks. Yeah, that's very relevant today. And even though we do have a rebooted series on shutter which is great uh it still doesn't mean it replaces this by any means so it's extra it's right a companion yeah. piece. It's ju- yep it's just more deliciousness to take in Ooh. i really want to watch number two now though dude. <laughs> it's been so long for that one as well acting i think they had like the cream of the crop here. oh fantastic. phenomenal it was Nobody over the was top in all the right places. Right. Ooh. Like everybody, everybody, uh, everybody played the roles properly. Scuba Steve. <laughs> I saw Naked Gun. All right, Scuba Steve. I saw Naked Gun before ever seeing Creep Show. I remember thinking, no, not Frank. <laughs> I know, right? Good old Frank Trevin. Like a midget at a urinal. I'd have to stay on my toes. <laughs> <laughs> little per- little people for you uh, politically correct. <laughs> Which oh, obviously yeah. is not a... <laughs> no, you cannot watch the Naked God movies if you're going to be PC. <laughs> no. Cinematography, I think, was fucking rad. I think I've already like, touched, touched upon right. it earlier with mentions of shot composition and a couple of examples. Yeah. Uh, lighting is fantastic. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. well done. If it's Romero, baby, expect creme de la creme. And, and who his actual cinematographer was um, Michael Gornick. I, honestly I know, know that name. Sure. It's all right. But he did a good job, too. Chad, it's okay. Chad's going to come in clutch right that's, now. That, that's hard. I'm hoping I'm he is. I'm IMDb right now. Yeah, but so he, he had that look yeah, of determination yeah. on his right. face. He was just like, <laughs> I need to fucking know this shit right now. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no, Chad, dude. It, right yeah, before the show, you weren't here yet. Chad, like, turned up his light really high. And he's like, ah, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm ruining my aesthetic. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Dude, when Bobby was here, man, there was I liked how there was like literally the trifold of colors because he was like super yellow. Yeah. It was nice. <laughs> um yeah, man. I mean, cinematography was great. We've been talking about it pretty much since we started this episode. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Coloring, amazing. Like what about premise? I think like premises of all the stories are like really fucking cool. I don't think there's any really like really bad ones, honestly. No, man, they're all yeah, they're all really they all have a little bit of weird supernatural element. They don't I, I now that we know, or at least I know, and anybody who listened uh, about the, you know, it's not like the, it's not like the creep show skeleton, uh, is in each one or anything like time together. It's it's the fucking ashtray, dude. Like 
something so simple as that is just awesome. Okay, so he, Michael Gornick, was a news reporter in Dawn of the Dead. Uh, he's also oh. a cinematographer in Day of the Dead. Okay. Okay. He's he's done a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes stuff more than anything. Gotcha. Uh, He's done like Tales from the Dark Side. He's done uh, Monsters. Tales from the Dark Side, dude. Remember the show Monsters? It was like the uh, not really sequel sequel to Tales from the Dark Side. It was. uh, No, I don't. It was a good show. Back in like the mid to late, uh, early to mid 90s, it was an anthology show like, you know, Tales from the Dark Side. Okay. (laughs) What is going on over in our chat? The scuba Steve's up to some shit. That's why he's busy on the Fridays. <laughs> okay, so sadly, Bobby will not be making it back onto the show. Okay. But we do have his score for our final tally. Excellent. Oh. Recycle, rewind, remake. I think we all can agree that oh, we can dude. rewind this for rewind days. For- Absolutely. And we already kind of got a remake. It's more of a retelling, and we approve of it. So go ahead, shutter slash AMC. Let's rate this motherfucker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so what first was Bobby's? Bobby's score is 4.3. Okay. Uh, Fluffmaster Supreme. God damn, dude. Bobby, like, fucking read my mind. I literally was also going to say 4.3. Chad did it! I'm going to agree with uh, our DKB and go with a solid 4.0. All right. Ooh, he's let, it come, he's, let it flow to you, sir. He is weighing his options. It is flowing down the shockers right now, dude. Oh. three and a half three and a half half. coming a little low but still respectful four out of five blade vhs tapes all right 4.0 that's pretty good i would say that seems very uh yeah that seems fair I'm just saying because we, we eventually will do Creep Show too, and out of enjoy, mm-hmm. remember we rate things out of how we enjoy them. No, so no, no, you're, kind of, yeah. oh, no, no, yeah. yeah. But listen, I will never ever question any of your guys' okay. Fair enough. ratings. Like, yes, no need I to feel justify like, it. Yeah, like listen, we've been talking this whole time about how we feel. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and we got to remember, three and a half is not a bad score by uh-huh. any fucking means, dude. And you know the funny thing is, like you guys. I actually saw the second one before I saw this one, so mm-hmm. I can feel where you're coming from. I yeah. did not, and I think I don't even know if I've actually ever completed the second one. So, but I'm pretty sure before even seeing the second one, I think I read the graphic novel adaptation first. Is the third one from 2006 worth a damn? Not from what I've heard. There's a third one. Yeah, was went it direct to video? video? Um, that explains. Okay, actually, I think it might have been direct to sci-fi then to video. Really? I think. I want to say yes. Yeah, I can't even... I didn't even know about that one. Weird. It didn't Chad even Daddy. pop up when I uh, looked for Yes, it. sir. <laughs> What's the next episode? Our next episode is going to be another interesting one as part of our trilogy of terror. We are doing Slumber Party Massacre Part 3. Yee-hoo! Really? And so right, far, the only place I've seen it is on YouTube, but it's free. Really? Yes. Zumber Party Massacre 3. So that may be another Dawn of the Dead one where we watch the YouTube version. But I got to say, I was pretty happy to watch that version because it was gorgeous. Fuck wow. yeah, dude. That was clean as hell. And thank you, whoever mm-hmm. uploaded that shit, dude. <laughs> like, keep on shining on that one. Yeah, wow. It doesn't even like pop up on Google search, dude, for like any of the main. No shit. Unless it's on some like 
Yeah. If not, Chad can do some uh, stuff. We'll oh, talk yeah, about. Got, uh, yeah, we got options. We've got honor. Don't worry. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. Fuck it. Is, is, do we have a guitar drill in this one again or no? Is it a full different drill? I think it's a different drill. I could be wrong. Oh, yeah, it's drill. not. The, it's not the same killer. It's it's new. It's a new one. Yeah. So we get a different killer each one. Nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Nineteen ninety. Yeah. We're gonna go to a full different. Aesthetic. Is this female directed as well, Chad? Uh, Did that stick with the theme of the that. series? I think. Yeah. That I sounds like it would be. Yeah. It's nice. good stuff. It's pretty much like the ultimate, like, oh, 80s horrors degrading to women. Okay, watch Slumber Party Massacre. Oh, this shit's horrible for women. Okay, it was written and directed by women. Yeah, it was made by women. <laughs> women. Not just not just made by women, but made by feminist women Yeah, at that. Yep. Yeah, man. Like, that's a whole... That's a whole different... direct. You know what I mean? Like, directive right there. Like, a lot of people will... We obviously can see, yes... You know, horror movies are empowering. How could they not be? But, yeah, but so many people, they, so many people think the opposite's true, and it's not. I know. Well, that's because yeah, but that's because they're just fucking looking at the basic. Like, listen, those the people that say that shit are the ones that go to the just like the basic AAA fucking blockbuster. You know, summer shit. Okay, I'm gonna watch this one horror movie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, not to rip on myself because I do love the paranormal activity movies, but those are the ones that are like somebody's going to go to the theater every year because that's going out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I could be wrong, but I don't think it's somebody oh, that, that's going to like go dive in deep. And that reminds me, I want, I want to address something that uh, TJ brought up at the, in the chat, like, right. This was right at the end of the day. As I'm leaving work, I saw this. I said, okay, so is it more, is it better to be appealing to your audience or, catering to your audience that's a good and discussion. i know it's a very good discussion point i really wish bobby was here for this do you want to table it for then or do you want to talk about it now we talk about it now talk about it okay yeah. okay so and my take uh cory kaufman brought it up and i agree with him that i think it's better to be more appealing to your audience than it is to cater to them because when you appeal to them you're giving them something that they might not necessarily know that they want you give them like i said the movies like pieces or Madman, or Just Before Dawn. Where the, most recent, the most recent episode of Lights, Camera, Exploitation, a film that's never been reviewed up to this mm -hmm. point. Whereas catering would be giving the audience what they think they want, which would be us watching the Friday the 13th series, you know, your mm -hmm. temple franchises like that, Nightmare on Elm Street, which everybody's seen, everybody's had an opinion on, everybody's aware of. I would rather be appealing to them so that they can discover something they haven't seen before. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. No, yeah, dude. I mean, shit, dude. <laughs> For the two years I've been doing this with you guys, I yeah, like yeah, yeah. We I all like love Friday the Thirteenth. Everybody knows we love Friday the Thirteenth, right? And we we've had numerous fucking sidebars upon sidebars on it. But that's just it. We don't and, need to review them because everybody knows what we that we love them. I would right. I would really enjoy talking about them, but I don't think it's right for Gore and Moore. No, I, that that would take a that if we did it for Gore and Moore. We'd have to do that. We'd have to do Nightmare on Street with it. And that's almost six months worth of episodes, right? My thing is like, A, that should almost be like a, a podcast in itself on the series. Mm -hmm. And I understand that would be a long one, but that would almost have to be, I feel like, either a two-part or like we a know Patreon how I feel stuff. about uh, genre, well, Friday the 13th podcasts. Uh, yeah. Very, yeah. Limiting. Um, Very limiting. Yes. 
but dude, I love the fact that like, yeah, we've had a couple like main, you know, big titles in here and there, obviously. And I remember I, when I, I got a little flack when I first joined in from other people that aren't part of the network anymore because I threw alien in there and it was like, oh, well, we're not supposed to do big things. And I'm like, okay, I get that. But let's just say somebody who myself never listened to podcasts before. We were library building. Yeah, that's an easier way. That's an easy movie right there. And obviously we don't do it all the time. Come for Alien Stay for Maniac Cup too. Exactly. You know what I mean? That 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 movie was a gem. Loved it. Yes. Yes. And that's what it is. Like, you know, pick the one that might pick that one movie that might draw you in, but then start listening to the rest of them and be like, oh. And that's when like myself, man, you guys have exposed me to a lot of different movies I might have never watched or even fucking heard of, for that matter. So but yeah, I, I, love think to, that, I, I love to think that our podcast is basically just like you're strolling through the horror section of a VHS of a yes, video rental place. Yes, and exactly. You, you see, yeah. And you see aliens sitting there and like, oh, that looks good. But wait, what's the sitting next to it? I've never heard right. of this one. Like we're going back to a time when you picked a movie based solely on cover art and a two sentence description on the back. Yes. That's why we watched Bloodhook. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Steph yeah. was giving me flack about that the other day. We were driving. <laughs> Why? Bloodhook was awesome, dude. It was when we That's were coming cool. back from uh, the hockey game and she was talking about it. I'm like, you know what? I didn't like it watching it, but hearing everybody else talk about it and hear you guys passion for it, I fully understood it and appreciated it better. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. I love that fucking movie. <laughs> so yes, funny thank enough, you, Steve. I, Steve. <laughs> that actually, uh, yeah, buddy. Randomly enough, I had a discussion about Bloodhook the other day with my daughter because she was like, Daddy, why is your fishing pole down here? And I was like, oh, I had to do that for a movie. She's like, what movie? I'm like, Bloodhook. She's like, what's that about? I'm like, killer fisherman. She's like, <laughs> he kills him with a pole? I'm like, no, he kills him with a lure. So then like, yeah. it was like a 30-minute discussion of the <laughs> Well, there's a cast daughter <laughs> it's an oversized yeah. novelty lure at that it wasn't she, she's like one. is that the one you had to wear your vest for and i was like that is the one you remember there like yo that's right yeah. she knows fucking name oh. yeah so i will uh leave you guys with a little treat Ooh, here oh, yeah. yes oh, no. so, so we not only got brody earlier but we get something else yes delicious. so guys Without further ado, I will see you guys next week with our review of Slumber Party Massacre 3. This is your host, Whip the Motherfucking Most, TJ Bowser, signing off. This is your dark lord of knowledge, Chad Daddy, saying see you next week, bitches. And this is your Fluff Master Supreme, Big Johnny D, saying see you later, Gorehounds. Boop.